Okay, we're just going to welcome Roger up to bring the message. Um, why don't you start sitting with some encouragement? Yes, good morning. My name's Roger Smith. Just give me a moment while I get the, this teaching over. I think only Barry can handle this. Uh, a few weeks ago, when I first heard out of these rosters the names that were developed, and I entered into the church camp and thought, oh my goodness, uh, I'm not going to be getting into that camp. Long weekends, will there be any going here? But this just took me back to the time when Margaret and I were touring around in Tasmania. We uh, decided to, to go to church one Sunday morning. Got to Queenstown and uh, found them out and dressed. And uh, we'd only just a few minutes late, so we thought we'd just slip quietly into the back before they could signal to the chorus to come. Well, we walked in, and there was a, what I took to be a minister, a woman standing in the middle of the aisle. On her right, there was a woman. As we walked in, we actually doubled the con congregation. Any thoughts or animosity thing has gone right out the window. We became the staff, I think. And I thought about it afterwards. Maybe they were standing there thinking about cancelling the morning. And then we walked in. How are, who are you? Where have you been? Where are you going? <laughs> yeah, it was quite a, quite a thing. Shall we start? Let's, let's have a prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to come uh, to worship you this morning. And Lord, uh, I just pray that uh, if there's anything that, uh, a message that you want to give us, uh, whether it be from a, uh, a phrase from a song or something someone says or a, a line from scripture, uh, we pray, Lord, we can take it away with us and uh, help to uh, uh, get closer to you and... Uh, of Jesus, Lord. So we, we thank you, Lord, and I, I pray in Jesus' name. So as most of you know that we uh, have been doing a series on word matters, and now we progress for the next few weeks on the power of prayer. And as it says, I'm doing prayer matters. And the, the, the question is, does it matter? And if it does, why does it matter? Well, if we want our relationship with God to grow and flourish, we have to talk to him, listen to him, and spend time with him. If we want to feel the love that he has for us, if we want to hear what he wants us to do, and if we want to share our deepest concerns with him, we have to be in his presence. Now, I guess you have... relationships go to grow go to the next level and make that person 
a true saint would have to spend time with them. They would have to talk to them. They have to have permission. They have to share your feelings with them. Uh, confide in confide with them and they'll talk to you. And so it is with God. Creating that special bond with him that we so desire takes time, commitment and perseverance. When we recognise prayer as a special part of our relationship with God, and not just a means of getting our wish list fulfilled, prayer does indeed matter. Prayer matters to God because we matter to him. He cherishes relationship with us and prayer is a way we communicate from our relationship with him. Prayer is not just a one-way communication. Through prayer, God reveals his nature and attributes to us. Prayer matters to us because through our prayers, we become to know the heart of God. And of course, prayer also allows us to make requests to him. So I've shared you on behalf of others and, and on behalf of others. Through prayer, we show our love and adoration for him and we experience his unconditional love for us. Today's reading comes from the book of James. Most of you would know that James is the brother of Jesus. Well, actually, a half-brother. Same mother, different father. My Bible calls James' letter a how-to book on Christian living. It's a letter that is confrontational, challenging, and a call to commitment. We're just looking at the last few verses, and coincidentally, a lot of it is about I'll read it right through and then we'll have a closer look. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being just as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heaven, heavens gave rain, and the earth produced fruit. My brother and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth, and someone should uh, and did and someone should bring that person back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way, save them 
That was uh, the NIV version. Hope you guys saw it a little bit closer and then you message me. So verses 13 and 16. Are you hurting? Okay. Do you feel great? Sing. Are you sick? We will serve leaders together and pray and anoint you prayer will help uh, heal you and Jesus will take care of everything. Okay, I'm just a little bit smaller back there. Faith and prayer will heal you and Jesus will put you on your feet and if you have sinned, you will be forgiven, healed inside and out. Here James tells us to pray and praise God in all sorts of church situations. Whether we're struggling or really down, tell God all about it. And if things are going extra well, praise him and thank him. And if we're sick and we want, to, we want to be healed, call on the leaders of the church to pray for us. Make this a common practice. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you can live whole and healed. The prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. each other. Not an easy thing to do, but it can be done. Uh, a few years ago, I was in a small group and a guy there confessed he had a problem or an addiction to sin. Oh, come on, I'm sort of hurt, am I? <laughs> we prayed for him there and then, and one of our groups spent uh, time with him on a one-to-one basis for him, prayed for healing and he was healed and the point is we didn't condemn him for his sin we thought a lot more of him because of his courage and honesty verses 17 and 18 Elijah for instance human just like us prayed hard that it wouldn't rain and it didn't not a drop for three and a half years Then he prayed that it would rain, and it did. Drought came, and everything started to grow again. Here James gives us an example of what God can do through honest prayer. Praying for rain, it reminded me of a little story that um, Janie told me a few years ago. Janie was visiting relatives in Scotland, and they were going out on a trip the next day, and one of them suggested that they pray sunny days and Janie being Janie said ah someone must be praying for rain so she got up and looked there and one of them said Janie nobody prays for rain in Scotland (laughs) verses 19-20 my dear friends you know people who have wandered off from God's truth, don't write them off. Go after them. Get them back and you will have rescued precious lives from destruction and prevented an epidemic of wandering away from God. 
says in Philippians 2's letter, telling us the extreme value of redeeming lost souls. I just thought I'd mention if there's someone here this morning who has wandered away or don't understand God's truth, make that step today to ask Jesus into your life. He loves you and wants you to know him intimately. You will be saved, healed, So James tells us if we're in trouble, sick, or in need of forgiveness, we pray and have others pray for us. <coughs> and if we feel great and are happy, leading God knows. So how do we pray? The only real way is from the heart. Even when we're reading the Lord's Prayer from a screen or from a book, it still has to come from the heart. God knows exactly what is in our heart. So we can't try to fool him with words we think he might want to hear or or sometimes we might try and tell the truth. No problem. We've written prayers like the the Lord's Prayer. It's so easy to rattle off those words without stopping to think and really understand the powerful meaning that those words convey. And I just thought We'll have a little look at the Lord's Prayer, line by line, to see what they have to do mean. We start off with, Our Father in Heaven. This indicates that God is not only majestic and holy, but also personal and loving. He's our Father, but also in Heaven. Hallowed be your name. We're praying his name will be revered and honoured, not misused or misappropriated. We need God. Your kingdom come. We're referring to God's rule and reign and his kingdom and that his kingdom will rule in our lives and in the lives of those around us. Your will be done these words we're petitioning God to help us know and carry out his will in our lives and for all mankind to do the same give us today our daily bread we acknowledge that God is our sustainer and provider we must trust him daily to provide for us what he knows we need forgive us our sins we forgive those who sin against us. As Christians, our sins are forgiven. But it does us good to come before God to continually cleanse us and forgive us and ask him to help us show mercy and forgive those who have sinned against us. Save us in the time of trial and deliver us from evil. We all face trials and trials in our lives. God doesn't tempt us, but he will allow us to be tested by them. Prayer is the key to spiritual and physical perfection. We must always ask the Holy Spirit to guide us in our day-to-day affairs and save us from the traps and temptations 
For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. The final verse of our acknowledgement of God's power and majesty in a solid It's called the Lord's Prayer because it was given by Jesus to his disciples. He wanted them to pray properly and, and to the point. And not like some that Jesus quoted who were self-righteous and a teaching seeking and then praying. Interestingly, shortly after this instruction on how to pray, Jesus reminded his followers, this is in Matthew 6, 8, the Father knows what you need before you ask him. That raises a fairly obvious question. If God already knows what we need, why bother asking? The answer is prayer is not just us talking to God, but rather an act of humility. Prayer requires us to admit that perhaps we don't quite know it all. In our culture, there's a great pressure to have the answers, to convince everyone that we have it all together and we're completely self-sufficient. We recognise God is is all-knowing and completely wise, which means he understands everything about a situation that we might be in and knows the best path to it. While our days are filled with expectations and demands, God is waiting for the moment when we say, your prayer life I have to confess that I'd love mine to be a lot better I'm very envious of those people who can pray to God for a serious length of time I don't mean those that just rattle on repeating words for the sake of repeating I mean those that can lock themselves away and spend a couple of hours tuned to I'll start off with all the best intentions. Thinking about who I'm going to pray for, why I'm going to pray for them. And then my mind starts to wander and I start thinking about all sorts of other things and far away from where I first started. And I blame my age, I've been some age thing. That's what I think. Now I do pray quite a lot, but as you can gather, it's in short bursts. I think we can become sometimes a bit disillusioned because of a seemingly lack of response. Or is that just me? I know I have had prayers answered, but I haven't always recognised the response and I haven't always had that tangible response. Perhaps I have suffered too much. How uplifting it is to read the Bible all about Jesus travelling around, healing and casting out demons. And then passing that on to the disciples, who with the aid of the Holy Spirit was able to do just as, exactly what Jesus did. And of course we too have got spirits within us. But no, most of us, 
fall well short of being able to perform perform miracles and cast out demons. Not easy. Not easy. We certainly now and again see miraculous healing, but we don't see as much as don't see as much as what we would like. Probably has a lot to do with our relationship with God. And I think of comparing myself with one of the disciples. Now I know it's a different time, it's a different environment, and they had Jesus in person, which is a bit of a plus. I know I feel very called. I don't know the full details of their lives, but it seems they were just able to walk away from where they were at and exist on God's provision through the generosity of the people around them. It seems now and again they went back to their former occupations, but only part-time. Their priority was following Jesus and learning as much as they could about God. Then there's me. At their age, married, two sons, full-time job, house to maintain, mortgage, and there are other people, there are other things in my life like relatives, sport, television, newspapers, books. Even if I'd been a Christian at that point, which I wasn't, it would have been difficult to put God in. Now as a Christian, I still carry a lot of that baggage. For most of us, it, it is sometimes as hard to put God in to our lives. Sunday morning at church, the sun, Bible study, small group, but for the rest of the week, it really comes down to prayer. Spending time in the presence of God and communicating with him, that has to be a priority for prayer. The Bible has plenty to say about really successful prayer. I've just picked out a few in faith. need a humble heart. James 4.10 Humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. Humility is what God looks for in all of us. What did Jesus say? Anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and be a servant of all. We need wholeheartedness. Jeremiah 29.13 You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. It isn't really that hard to find God. He's there waiting for us. But we must seek him earnestly, with sincerity and with all our heart. We need faith. Mark 11.24 Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. You just type that verse. Type, believe, and it's yours. Hard to fit that in. It made me think about the the woman in the Bible. The woman that uh, had been bleeding for 12 years. She knew 
ところであれ、誰もとは申し合ってくれる、と深く切ないと言いますと、ナンシーで言っているのです。聞く、聞かせない、深く切ない、あの、Braving and Nobly Fight、David Bernard Shaw's For Fight or Purity、ナンシー。Like a woman, we must strive to have faith with no doubts about it. We need righteousness, especially in today's reading. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. It is all about living right with God. And if we are, we can expect a wonderful response from Him to our request. Obedience, and we will receive whatever we request because we obey Him and do things that please Him. One John three twenty two. Our God is delighted when we do what He asks of us, and will reward us. Now, if you're like me, after all that, some of us might feel. Our prayers aren't quite up to what they should be. I'm somewhat relieved when I hear what Max Licata, I hope that's how we pronounce his name, he's an American pastor, he's written a lot of books, quite well known. He's quoted as saying this Our prayers may be awkward, our attempts may be feeble, but since the power of prayer Is in the one who hears it and not the one who says it, our prayers do make a difference. Our prayers to God matter because we matter to God. God who created the universe and everything in it wants to be involved intimately with each and every. One of us. Isn't that great? 